Welcome to The Long Haul. I'm your host, Brian Hall. This week, I had the chance to sit down with guest Jonathan Clausen. He brought a time machine with him. 15 years, indeed. Wow. We Where'd were you guys meet? Young. We met at Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan, over okay. a food fight. I had just gotten off of a, <laughs> a particularly nasty breakup uh, from, from my high school sweetheart at the time. Yeah. And I was in great despair. The world had ended. And then my, I was living literally off chips and salsa and ramen in my dorm room. And my roommate said, dude, there's this cute girl in my English class. You need to come meet her. I'm like, whatever. Okay. In fine. my English class. Okay. Yeah. I, so whatever. And so we met at the round table, the horrible lemon chicken. If you ever go to Cornerstone University, do not eat the lemon chicken. You will get food poisoning and you will end up at the Grand Rapids ER. I am speaking from personal experience. You've been and, there. Um, I have been there, unfortunately. And uh, yeah. We met, we had gotten to a food fight, uh, she smashed butter in my hair, I had hair at the time, and uh, I emptied a salt shaker on her head. So, yeah, it was good good times. So, private, like, Christian school? What kind of school? It was, it was a uh, excommunicated Baptist college. <laughs> and I say excommunicated because they had a drama class, which had oh. a dancing segment. So, the Baptist General Conference disavowed the school. Interesting. It, it was, yeah, I eventually dropped out because they were a bunch of, they lied about their broadcasting program that I went there they for. They lied. So they did. They did. Like what? It was very sad. Well, long story short, that we, they had this, uh, no, they have uh, the station on site, uh, 91.3 WCSG, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very large, very reputable Christian broadcast uh Christian station and the the rep at the time it was a new program for broadcasting associates and I, at this point I'd already worked for Clear Channel for like three and a half years but I, my parents said I needed a degree so we went up we toured the place they're like oh yes you will have many hours in the studio with with technical proficiencies and learn all there is to know about broadcasting yeah it was horse crap the the when I got there there was absolutely not a single hour scheduled in the studio all, at all. the pro- none. And I, I actually went to the dean, and I'm like, what the heck? I didn't say it quite like that, because I was 18 and nervous of people who wore ties at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, the tie people. Well, well, I know, they're evil. They're all academics. And he said, well, we're more about the theory of broadcasting. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. but it was. Sure I don't know if he knew what he meant. But either way, I, I stayed. At this point, I knew I was going to marry my wife, Lisa. And so I took the minimum amount of credits needed to stay on campus uh, so she could finish her degree and I could stay in close proximity. And Smart. and uh, the last day on campus, there's a student newspaper uh, whose editor also happened to be one of my roommates, ran a story on the front page, said, are Cornerstone University broadcasting students wasting their time? Oh, wow. I got called. How'd that go? The, uh, the dean called me into his office the last day. And he threatened to put me on super double secret probation, but since it was my last week anyway, I really didn't give a care. So yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then I, then we got married, moved to Florida, went to Full Sail, graduated with a film and video production degree. I I looked at Full Sail for a while. I just I couldn't do it. It's an intense experience. It's a great college, but you come to Florida to learn from them, and then you get out of Florida to yeah. to practice. Uh, I did not do the get out of Florida part. 
But uh, but yeah, so that's me. Worked for Clear Channel. Did a lot of radio. Did sports announcing. Sold cars at a certain point in my life. I try to forget. Worked Rent-A-Cop. Uh, was a third shift busser and dishwasher at a steak and shake for many years. And uh, now I am a store manager of a GameStop. And now that I have said that, I must say that all the comments and concerns and snide remarks I make are my own, and they are not the opinion of GameStop, its subsidiaries, or other family companies. So you mentioned GameStop. The first thing I think of is I, uh, one time I was in there, and there was a dad and a son there in front of me, and the kid's like, I really want Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> and, and so the it's store every manager... Day. Every day. So, so the clerk goes and gets it, brings it over, and he looks at the parent and goes do you know what this is rated? And do you know what's in this game? And so proceeded to explain it. And the dad looks over at the kid and he's like, we're not doing this. And they walk out. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. had, but had the employee not spoken up, that kid would have been playing Grand Theft Auto five. And if the employee had been caught, he would have been fired on the spot. <laughs> yeah. It, it made, it made me laugh. Wait, wait, you mean they're not supposed to say what's in it or no, no. If there's <sighs> It's it's public knowledge, so I don't think this is breaking anything. But yes, if if an employee uh, sells an M-rated game to a minor without mm-hmm. get, receiving parental permission, uh, then that is not good. That's very very. So it's like not digital good. alcohol; you can't sell it. Correct. You're going to get in trouble. Correct. Okay. That makes and sense. That's not, it's not illegal for us to do so. There's no law on the books for it. It's just an internal policy, so it doesn't become illegal. Hmm. And it's a good policy. I like it. Yeah, part, no, it, it part, is a good part policy. Of, part of my part of my favorite one of my favorite parts of the job is uh, is is crushing the little kid's dream. And there's there's one there's one story particularly funny. Um, little kid came into the store with his grand with his mom uh, yeah. to buy payday, which for our listeners who may not know what payday is, payday is a cooperative online shooter where you are basically robbing banks. Very violent, very gory. A candy um, bar came to my mind, so go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, n- no. Maybe like, you what's can wrong still, with the candy bar? Okay. I, I, I don't know. And <laughs> I I read it off to the to the mom, said, this game has such and such and such in it. Mm-hmm. And she looks at her kid. She's like, you told me this was a game about banking. Whoa. Yeah, it's payday. And and you know what? I have to give the kid props because that was, that was beautiful. That was a brilliant lie. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, he, yeah, no, didn't work. Didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> this game's about banking. No, it's, it's really not, ma'am. Yeah. It's, it's not the kind the kind of game you would play with your son for sure. Definitely not. I'm just trying to think of how I'd react as a parent. If one of my kids tried to pull something on that, on me like that, you know what I mean? I mean, well, cause it's like, yeah, that's it's deception lying. That's, that's a lot mm-hmm. of things there. there it's also is. childish behavior somewhere in there too, I guess. And it's it's even more sad when the parents like, oh yeah, it's nothing they haven't seen anyway, or they come up with some rationalist excuse that they're like, it's okay, it won't hurt little Johnny or Jane, and it's just, just you can't say anything, you can't do anything, so I'm not going to comment on it. But I, you can read between the breaths and yep. figure out my feelings on that matter. Yeah. Um. So you said you've been married for 15 years. Indeed. How long? How long were you married until you guys um, had your son? Let's see. We've been married fifteen. Uh, my son is going to turn thirteen in September, so not long—about three not years. Long. Okay, not long. That's, that's we're about the same. We're about the yes. same. So, how soon do you think you were playing games with him? 
sooner than right out I of the wanted. womb. I mean, you pulled out Mario, and you're like, "Here, we're going to play this." I had the grand idea that he would start on the Nintendo. Yep, and then when he had filled the requisite amount of required gaming, yeah, he would graduate to the Super Nintendo. You've graduated. Yes, you may now go from eight bit to sixteen bit, and uh, he he would experience it the way I did. Mm-hmm. But no, this was not to be because you know before that point, at a certain point, he he saw Daddy playing this thing called the PlayStation Three, which yep. is way more advanced, and the game was Ratchet and Clank, and he's like, "I want to mm-hmm. play this," and I'm like, "Darn it!" Yep. So, yes, you blew that one. Totally. The other thing I was really trying to do with him was, and it was folly, was to try to keep the secret of who Darth Vader was from him. I wanted to. And you know, I succeeded pretty well. I succeeded pretty well. And then his grandmother had to go buy him this Lego dictionary encyclopedia. No. Yes. Kids love stuff like that. All the facts and stuff. They're like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And it completely ruined it because I wanted to see his face. I wanted to see his reaction when, when Darth says to Luke, no, I am your father. And now I'll never see that. And that was your mom or your in-law? That was my mother-in-law. Yes. Yeah, see, it was your mother-in-law. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> she, I can't say I too much also because she lives seven houses up from me, so I've got to be very yeah, careful. You better be, yeah, you better be <laughs> careful. Um, do you remember the moment when your son looked at you and he's like, he just kind of grabbed the controller from you and started playing? Yeah, Super Mario Galaxy on the oh, Wii. Well, did you let it, him play co-op? Because, I mean, that was a split thing. Yeah, that was the thing. You, the second player would... Uh, would get a little pointer on the screen and collect the star bits and throw star bits at the Goombas, and he thought it was great fun. Yeah. And we we did the trick of, you know, handing him a controller so he could think he was playing in Smash Brothers or Mario Kart, and then then he got smart enough and realized he wasn't. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the first time really he got into playing with me was definitely Super Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Did you guys finish it? Uh, not together so much. I know I finished the game. I got all the stars, mm-hmm. all the Luigi mm-hmm. stars. Um, I love that game. It's still my favorite Mario game of all time. And mm-hmm. I don't think he got all, I know he finished the Mario version. He started Luigi. I don't know if he ever finished it. He's more into Metroid Prime these days. That's his thing. He's trying to hundred percent and do speed runs of Metroid games because he really likes yeah. those. That's cool. That's cool. So Mario Galaxy. Yeah, I co-opted that game with my wife, Tabitha. We played that a bunch. Mm-hmm. That had a good co-op to it, but it was kind of co-op light, I guess. Yeah, there wasn't like a second character the other person got to control. Mm-mm. But it did quite a bit. And I saw that in the new uh, Mario Odyssey game. It does the same thing. Yes, indeed. Did you see that with the hat? You can you co-op the same way. It can help you out. It's so, it's so sad. I have had very little time to pay attention to E3 this year it's like the super bowl of gaming i know and it breaks my heart i i had to watch the press conferences later uh even then segmented because of all the work i do and it's very depressing Mm -hmm. but that's okay it's okay it's okay the three big games i wanted well two of the three big games i wanted to announce were announced so i'm okay i'm okay half-life three after Half-Life 3, still never going to show up. I'll be in the nursing home by the time that ever comes out. Uh, yep. But Beyond Good and Evil 2, mm-hmm. huge, huge reveal. Because 
you, Ubisoft lied to us, big surprise, and they said Michael Ancel was not going to be there, the game was not going to be announced, blah, 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 and then they surprised us at the end of their press conference, and it was glorious. And then the yeah, other one was, and then Metroid Prime 4. Okay. It just confirmed its existence. That's all I needed. I can yeah, I've die never finished th- a Prime game. I don't know if I want to continue podcasting with you. <laughs> this episode's over. Yeah, I, I am so tempted to close out this this window right now and just let you do a monologue now. Just be all by myself. All by yourself. No, I've only finished um, Metroid, Metroid uh, Zero Mission and uh, Fusion. I think those are the only two I've beaten. The handhelds. Yeah, and I really liked them a lot. They are good. Pro- Prime, I could see what they were doing when they took it into 3D, and that was mm-hmm. neat, but it didn't, it didn't captivate me. Not Did you sure play why. the you Wii know, versions or the original GameCube versions? No, original GameCube. I love that see, controller. You got to play the Wii version. It's better. Better? Better. It's okay. way better. I'll have to check that out. Yes, you should check it out, Brian. That's what you I should do as soon as out. we finish. As right as now, finish. I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> you should. It's available digitally. Is it? Yeah. You, you can get it on the Wii U eShop. Oh, I don't have one of those. Oh, boo on you. I have an original. I've got a Wii. I Nothing didn't make the jump. The it's okay. No. He's, now you just yeah. got to get a Switch. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. <laughs> so when you're playing games at home, who do you play? Do you end up playing them co-op a lot or are you alone? I'm usually alone. And the reason I'm, for that I'm, is, is I, I don't I, I, I don't get home See, I, I work GameStop. That's 44 mm-hmm. hours a week. Mm-hmm. I also edit and produce podcasts. I edit and produce about six of them right now on any given week. Right. And when I'm not doing that, I'm helping my wife with uh, her at-home business by packaging up orders and shipping them out. So by the time I actually have a spare moment to myself, it's usually midnight, most nights. And by that point, I'm 36 years old. I don't have the energy that I used to. Even though I'm hopped up on coffee and Monster most of the day, I crash hard at about 12.30 now. And so I'll get about 30 minutes in, and then the next thing I know, it's 2 a.m. in the morning, I've woken up, and my controller has fallen to the floor, the TV is turned off, and the dog's looking at me like, you snore when you sleep, human. And yeah, that's about it. So no, I don't get to play with him as much as I would love to. We used to mm-hmm. do a little bit of Minecraft, uh, but then he mocked me in my lack of knowledge of Minecraft. Really? Oh, m- my kid has taken off after his mother in terms of his sarcasm. <laughs> so he, he berates me every chance yeah. he gets. And well, here's the other sad thing. My kid does gymnastics and a lot of the kids on his team play Smash Brothers and they play mm-hmm. Smash Brothers like hardcore, like frame counting. They have this much time to react to things. So like, no more fun little play a, a four minute match with items nope. and things like that. Serious. No, it's you have a stock amount of lives. You can only oh. play on the flat, boring courses, and we have to take it so darn seriously. We have a main, we have an alt, we have a pocket character, and we are always talking about the rankings, who's the best. And I really don't want to play games with him anymore because he's, the he's last made it time we, it's not fun. Indeed, the last time we played together was Smash Brothers. And if your listeners are familiar with the term two-stocked, it's another fancy word for saying shutout. I took my best character, which was Ike, yeah. and yeah. he took me on with his worst character, King DDD, and I never got a hit on him. At all. 
at all, not a single percentage worth of damage, and he got me out three times. So, so does it bug you that you don't play together? <sighs> yeah, it does. It really does. Um, Just because, because, I mean, that's kind of a shared thing, right? I mean, I'm sure you shared right. quite a few other things, but... Well, on, it, it, bums, it bums me out on two levels, because A, he's he's gotten to this point now, and he's a firstborn kid, he's homeschooled, so he's around adults a lot, so he's he's very mature for his age, mm-hmm. uh, in very much the same way I was growing up, and yeah. he has reached this point now, he's definitely at the dad's not cool to play with stage. I see, which, I'm, um, I'm not there yet, my son worships me still. Well, my son does not worship me, no, the, the, it does just, the exact opposite. It's like a opposite. sad mirror, I don't like this. <laughs> Just wait, it's coming. It's, it's not coming. bad. It's 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 fine. He doesn't shun me in public yet. He'll, mm-hmm. we're, we'll get there eventually. But he just it's not fun to play with him anymore because he can kick my butt. Like it's not even yep. like I have a fighting chance. Like he'll just totally kick my butt. Like it's not even a fair competition. And the other one is is I just I just don't have the time to spend with him over something that we we both love to do, and that's just because adulting sucks. Mm-hmm. It, it well, it definitely can. <laughs> it can, and it, this, and as as my Christian brethren loves to say, in this season of life, yes, it's adulting is a full time occupation. It's an overtime it, occupation. So, do you ever get angry that you're not be- able to play something just by yourself? You, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, yeah, I, uh, well, I'm, de- I'm debating. I, I'm debating how honest I want to be in this answer. <laughs> I, I used to get kind of angry because I felt almost like entitled after I've worked a long day. You know, I should be able to come home and I should be able to sit down and I should be able to play. Right? There's definitely that feeling. Do you hear there's, the dripping? There's so much selfishness in that. It's just gross. And I've had to work through that. It's been hard. Mm-hmm. I would say I have not worked all the way through it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just simply because I, I'm an extrovert by nature. Uh-huh. My my favorite idea of a good weekend is going out with friends and just closing some bars in the area. Not not getting drunk or anything, just meeting and interacting with random people, talking to them, hearing some bits of story, just doing something outside and meeting with other people. But since I now work in retail and I deal with people uh-huh. all day long for sometimes yep. nine to 12 hours. Yep. <sighs> I, I, I want to come home, I want to have a nice fat tire, and I just want to veg out, you know, for yep. an hour. I don't want to yep. have to deal with the dog throw up. I don't want to have to deal with the broken lawnmower or the curtains that have been torn down. In the mm-hmm. one hour I have left of consciousness, I want some Jonathan time. And you know what? I don't usually get it. And yeah, I would say I am honestly at a place of a little bitterness about that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work through it. But I, from the sounds of it, you're a little further along than I am because I'm still figuring out how to deal with it, much less work through it. You know, and, and what's interesting is that my wife, she'll give me that time to play. It'll be, hey, you know, you can you can play tonight. It's fine. You know, everything's good. And I often do not. T- I don't latch onto that at all. Really? I almost, it's like I feel guilty that then we're not spending time together. If that makes any sense at all, because it really does it. it and so it, then I won't play. And then we just sit there and we'll watch something or hang out together. You know, it's almost like I'd rather spend time hanging out with her mm-hmm. than doing my own thing, you know, even though, and, and I'm totally allowed to, and I can do that whenever I want. Not that I need permission, but you know what I mean? No, I, yeah. And not, I would almost agree with you because when my wife is watching TV shows on her own, right now mm-hmm. she's, pl- I also married a big nerd. 
So yep. I finally got her to play Skyrim. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. You just wave the, goodbye and you know, pretty see much. It. Yeah. Pretty much. She's done horrible things with a goat. She's killed all her followers. She's killed three of her brides. She's playing as a guy for some weird reason. Um, she's burned like huh. every village she comes across. She killed an old man for his potions as he was dying, but a, a guard saw her do it, so she had to kill the guard. And then three the other guard, guards yeah. saw her kill the one guard, so she had to kill the three guards, but it was too close to the village, so all the villagers saw her, so she had to kill practically half the village. Wow. She's and a she slayer. Like, oh, she's evil. Like, beyond evil. <laughs> the one does that game take that into account? Yes, it does. It does. Kind of like Fable, where like you'd grow horns and stuff like that? or not, not, not to that level. Just your reputation, how people react to you. Okay. But my wife has always been a little bit of a dark person, because like her favorite animal in the world is the alien xenomorph. She thinks they're cute. Whoa. She she wants to have one as a pet. I okay. kid you not. Yeah. Her huh. she she wanted to go see a, the new Alien Covenant movie, and the whole movie yeah. she's just sitting there like, yes, yes, eat the humans, eat the humans. Oh, look at him, he's so cute. I'm like, you are a sick no. evil woman. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. She she's a sick and twisted woman, but that's one of the reasons I love her because I'm I'm very non sick and twisted. Uh, so she she brings the evil into my life that I need to balance myself out because I'm too righteous. <laughs> if I can sound any more conceited, nah, nah. <laughs> but, um, but your question is is good. So I I do try to I'll stay in in the bedroom and watch her play, or I'll I'll watch a TV show that she's watching. There's only two exceptions to that rule. One, if she's watching Grey's Anatomy or Desperate Housewives, I will not stay in there and watch it. I cannot she's take those She's not done shows. with those yet? No, she's done them several, several, several times. Uh, she's just re-watching okay. them. Like right okay. now, she's back on a Desperate Housewives kick, and I'm like, nope, mm-mm. Nope. 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 I, I, I don't care if the dude from Twin Peaks is in it. Don't care. <laughs> don't I think care. I watched two seasons of that, and that was about it. I was done. Nope. Yep. I can't take it, but that's, that's what it is. <laughs> so do you guys play games as a family, video games, board games, anything like that? <sighs> board games? No, unfortunately. Uh, no, like, like no at all. It, it, my wife and her family's propensity for board games doesn't go much beyond sorry and ticket to ride. If you want to get into the good board games, like, um, like power grid or seventh wonders or, uh, um, anything fun beyond the Parker Brothers games you get at Target? Uh, no, it just doesn't happen. Uh, s- my son will play it with me, but most of the games that I like to play on that level take three or four people. Yep. And as I alluded earlier, her parents live very close to us, and no, mm-mm. no, their three games of choice are Taboo, Gestures, or a censored down version of Mafia. And those are all very, very boring party games. So that's about it. So board games, no. Uh, as a family, though, yeah, we'll play Smash. We we actually really mm-hmm. have a good time with Rock Band. It's, yeah, it's how yeah, we yeah that makes sense, because you're each, you're each doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. And we still play Rock Band 3 more than anything. We don't do uh, 4, uh, simply because okay. 3 has a keyboard. And my wife uh, went to college for music, so she is a very, very good piano player. So she prefers the keyboard. Um, so I'll do, do you the plug ba- in the keyboard. 
Mm-hmm. Well, they have a, they really? have a, the, well, Rock Band 3 had a keyboard attachment. Like they had a little mini oh, okay. keytar. Random. And yeah, I know it was so cool, but Rock Band 4 doesn't support it. So whatever. Uh, I play the bass, David plays the guitar, and yeah, we rock out to uh, Kansas and REO Speedwagon. That's really cool. So no, yeah, I, we'll, we'll, we'll have some band. nights. Rock Band is very good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Very good for the soul. Interesting. Last music game that we all played together was Wii Music. Have you ever I'm tried s- that? No. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I picked dignity. it up for 99 cents. That's still too much. Well, I think it was a Miyamoto developed game, right? Yeah, it was kind of one of his pet projects. And because it was one of his, no one says no to him. Just like in the way yeah. no one said no to George Lucas when he dreamt up Jar Jar Binks. Oh, Jar Jar's awesome. You don't, you don't like Jar Jar? Wait, Jonathan, did you leave? <laughs> I no. You know, wow. watching Star Wars after we had our son, just with him, watching him with Wyatt, it's totally different. I actually have a lot more grace for this series now. Because I didn't. I'm like, eh. But I think it's fun. Jar Jar is just Jar Jar. It's whatever. Jar Jar is evil. He is a Sith Lord. And none shall He condemns the galaxy. Yes, yeah, does. yeah. I mean, I get it. It's all good. You play rock band together. No board games. Have you guys ever tried code names? Playing with your wife's parents. That would be a fun game. No, I don't know what, are you like just giving ourselves, I don't know what you mean. Are you talking about just like giving ourselves code names or is this an actual no, game? No, no, no. Code names is a board game. And so you have two people who act as the spy masters. And so you divide okay. up into two teams. Okay. Which it, usually it's more of a party game, but you, I think, still think it would work for you. And so you each have kind of a, there's a grid sitting in front of you. And you have to be able to string together uh, as many cards as you can, because you're trying to get your team to guess what the cards are. No, it's and already so, too complex. It's already too complex. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing. I I believe you, and now I want to go try it. Uh-huh. But no, once once you get cards into the mix that don't have numbers on them, it's too complex. So done. What about like sequence? Yeah, they play sequence. They love, oh my gosh, that's the only thing they play is sequence. I could get annoying. <laughs> um, yes. One time we sat in a hurricane because we stayed at their place during one of the hurricanes in 2004. Yeah, and for not? three And for three hours, we played sequence, Brian. That sounds awful. It was well, they, awful. Uh, well, they play, you said Ticket to Ride also? I introduced them to Ticket to Ride, and it's they have to be in the mood for it, which means about once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got so another I, game we've played because we, mm-hmm. we play games with my wife's family and they're real. They love playing her dad, Tabitha's dad, not so much, but we can suck him in. Um, have you played Bonanza? No, I have not. I have seen it, but I have not played it. In Bonanza, all that is, is just, it's a really good game. You're just planting beans and different stuff like that. It sounds, I don't know if I can explain it. You're planting beans. You're a bean planter. That's what it is. <laughs> Anyways, that's a really, that's a good game too. The other one I was thinking of, if you guys played Carcassonne. Yes, I actually play Carcassonne on my phone a lot. Okay, and that's that's been a good one, and I've even noticed that it doesn't really matter what age, if you have younger children, it's it's a great game. Indeed. I have not introduced David to it yet, though. I probably should. Have you guys done Catan? No, that one's a little outside of our excitement range. <laughs> As in not exciting. I've only played one good game of it in my entire time gaming. 
Yeah, no, the the best, the, the, no, the, no, the, the game you need to play, the best board game I have ever played. Best one. And the best this one. This is I it. Bec- and it, I played it with my siblings. There are two significant others. <clears throat> so eight of us, the max amount of players. We started at 8 p.m. and we finished at 3 a.m. What was it? Because we were yelling and screaming and wanting to kill each other. It's a game called Lifeboats. I've seen that. It looked slightly complicated. It's not as complicated as you think. Uh, in brief, it's three phases. You decide which boat moves. Phase two, you decide who gets voted out of the boat. Phase mm-hmm. three, you do a Chinese fire drill on the boats, and then you rinse and repeat. The catch oh. is, though, each phase re- does a bunch of negotiations, and the game encourages you to lie. <laughs> So you could form an alliance and then break it mid-round just to... Because you all have different... The, the, the point of the game is to get the boats to the islands. And all of your players are on the boats, but they're mixed up. So it's not yeah. like one boat is one player. It's like you're all on different boats. So you have to form alliances. You have to backstab people. Because at the it's not a complicated game, but oh my goodness, the amount of hatred and loathing and how I had to sleep with one eye opened the night afterwards... We played it. Uh, it's so good. I recommend it highly. Is this one that you've bought? Yes, it is sitting unused, covered in dust on my oh. bookshelves at the moment. Oh, it's time for a family get-together. No, my family won't play it. I've tried for th- four years to get them to play it, and no. That's a no. No, so I have to wait until the next time I go to New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. You know, board games are interesting, though, because it's either you have family members that are totally into it, or you have them where it's just, no, I'm not going to do that. Yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, man. Um, the other one I threw out there was uh, Catan Jr., which Has is a pirate that? version of Catan. Oh, that sounds awesome. It is awesome, and what it does is it gets rid of... What I don't like about Catan is that I have to be nice to people. Because um, otherwise, you know, you trade with other players. You know, you trade resources, and what ends up happening is they shut me out because I'm too mean. (laughs) And so the junior version of it gets rid of any player trading. And so you end up trading with the board and you trade with the bank. And so it gets rid of the jerkiness of it and the game runs maybe 20 minutes. Huh? 20, 25 minutes. It's, it's quick. And then I'm all about quick games. I don't like sitting there super long unless we're talking Mm. risk. And that's totally different. Ooh, I foresee a game of risk in our future. I love Risk. I've played 24 hours of it before. It's it's a good game. You need to come to Orlando to uh, Dice Tower Con. Dice Tower. Is it good? Yes, it's very good. It's one of the biggest board game... It's like board game only. Mm-hmm. And yes, Dice Tower is the name of a review site. And yeah, I know that. Yeah, and they, they have a convention in Orlando every year because they're headquartered here. And cool. it's gotten bigger. They started off in a small hotel, then they got into one of the hotels in front of the Universal Studios Resort, and now they're too big for that. So I actually think they're going to a legit convention center next really? year. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of people. And board games are having such a resurgence right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's for the same reason you find all these articles about millennials uh, taking up old school jobs, barbers, uh, bartenders. Like, we want to reconnect on a physical level. And I'm okay with that, because Mm -hmm. I love backstabbing people in lifeboats, so I say bring it on. 
I want to play that. That sounds like fun. It is so much fun. It's like 30 bucks online. You, you should grab it if you can. I may have to grab that. Huh. Okay. I may just have to do that. Just don't play it with people you love. <laughs> no, no. Those are the people you want to play with. <laughs> yes. Um, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. You have. What was your experience like with that? If you have a great set of people to play with, it can be amazing. Mm -hmm. If you have some random people and they're a little kid who wants to play and the only action he wants to take every turn is to punch everyone in the face, it can become a very long and tiring process. It's not good. No, no, we're at the end buying supplies. What do you want to do? I want to punch the guy in the face. Like, no, 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 no. It's one of those bucket list things for me. So I'm just kind of, I'm like, I want to do this at some point. You should, you, you definitely should. If you ever come to Orlando, I have a good DM. We'll hook, we'll bring you in. We'll make you a character. We'll get you all set. And I'll just punch the vendor when we're buying supplies. Like, ha ha ha. (laughs) Poor Jonathan. Oh gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That'll be our rallying cry. You just you just won't be able to tell any Christian ever that you played it because you'll be burned at the stake. It could or happen. Is, or is it not cool? Or is it okay now? To I don't know. D and I don't remember. I remember growing up listening to all the old Adventures and Odyssey episodes. They had one called Castles and Cauldrons, where that sounds awesome. It it was awesome, and poor Jimmy Barkley, his evil cousin came in with his game castles and cauldrons and they were calling down magic and their soul was going to get sucked to hell it didn't go quite that bad but the message was clear christians don't play games with imagination and magic but you can read chronicles of narnia with magic and a white witch that's perfectly acceptable not that i have not that i have an opinion on that at all (laughs) So what were your parents like growing up as far as how did they determine what was age appropriate when it came to media and how it came into your home? Media? What's that? Yeah. Because you, you, you mentioned Focus on the Family, right? Who did yeah. Adventures in Odyssey. We've got Dobson in there. And still Jerry are doing Adventures in Odyssey. I might yeah, and they still are. And, and they're not bad. Um, no, they're not. I actually, I confess, I have a subscription to their uh, player so I can listen to all the old episodes. It's just interesting. I mean, I, I grew up in a family and I talked about this last episode, just that everything was, you know, it was usually, it was no, you know, you couldn't watch He-Man. That was evil, you know, or, or the Smurfs one week, the Smurfs were evil. And then the next week they weren't, it just kind of depended on when I hit my parents for watching the show. I think, well, there were two things unique about my growing up. Uh, one, mm-hmm. my I'm adopted. Okay. S- and the second thing was, I didn't know that. The, ah, well, it's, it's not, it's secret. It's just, yeah. With my parents' age, my father is 84 this year. Wow. I am 36. Okay. So there is a huge, there's there's literally a two-generation gap between us. Mm-hmm. So That's where big. most people my age, their parents introduced them to music from the 70s and late 60s. They introduced them to things like classic rock, uh, yep. Steely Dan, REO Speedwagon, uh, The Beatles. Movie I had... Yeah, exactly. My music growing up was even predated the Bill Gaither trio. It was Whoa. Patsy Cline. Yeah. It was uh, Fibber McGee and Molly, Haven't Amos and Andy. We're mm-hmm. talking 1920s, 30s radio shows. Those wow. were my Those were my entertainment. So I grew up listening to all the stuff 
that kids listened to in the 1930s and 40s on the radio. So Lone Ranger. Um, the Japanese attacked what? Yeah. I know, right? It this it was my I was so Did far removed from Yeah, I went to I went to public school. Okay, so and, you still but, had that to kind of check you a little bit. I did, and I watched the Disney Afternoon growing up. But when it came to like music, everything mm-hmm. was Moody Bible Radio. Yep. Everything was Christian only. You never listened to Power Eight, Power ninety eight point nine. You never that listened to the only two radio stations we listened to were WDLM eighty nine point three and WOC Talk Radio fourteen twenty, the Quad Cities news station. And uh, yeah, that was it. So Paul that Harvey and. That was, that was the source of my entertainment. When I finally started working radio and I worked at Q106.5 classic rock for the quad cities. Yeah. I, I was introduced to this world of music I'd never known before. And I'll never forget my, the, my first night on the air, I was doing the overnight midnight till five 30 when the morning guys came in and this was before automation. This was still when everything was on, all the commercials were on eight tracks all the satellite feeds were dubbed off onto quarter-inch reel-to-reels, and all the music were on CDs. There was this guy who had a song at the 1 a.m. block hour. I'll never forget it. Um, mm-hmm. his, he had a song called Cat Scratch Fever. I'd never heard of the guy before. It looked like Ted Nugent. I never, never heard. They are very good, especially with barbecue sauce. And I said, up next Sweet on time. Q106.5 is Ted Nugent with Cat Scratch Fever. Five minutes later, every bar in the Quad Cities was calling, cursing me out. It's Nugent, you dumb youngster. It's Nugent. (laughs) It was my program director the next day asked me, John, do you know any of this music? I'm like, no. No. So what I did is I brought my laptop in, my my horribly underpowered MacBook G3, Mm -hmm. which which I splurged for the CD drive on, and I ripped... I ripped 700 CDs plus onto my laptop wow. and I educated myself on, mm-hmm. uh, on music. And if any EMI or BMI music people are listening, I have since deleted the files. I no longer own them. They're gone. <laughs> they're there. They're long gone. They're totally not on my iPod right now. <laughs> Your what? Your iPod? Hmm. Yeah. What? Yes, I know. <laughs> but yeah, long story short, my, the media that I had growing up was very, very protected. Uh, there was, there really wasn't a lot. If it wasn't Christian, it wasn't conservative, and it wasn't thoroughly vetted through Focus on the Family's Plugged In magazine, yeah. I did not get it. So, so my, my top... You live in is, light of that. I lived on in light of that. I survived. I mean, but I mean, you did, but, but I mean, everything, that has to influence you now as a parent. It, it has does. to influence your worldview, I mean, ultimately, right? Yeah, and I think I course corrected maybe a bit too much. Yeah, in, you in kind of swung the car around. You're like, forget this. Yeah, David. Well, see, my parents never had the talks with me. The talk. You know, the talks like, son, we're men. We are different. And this yep. is why. we. I never had those talks with my parents. Yeah. yeah. Ever. So with David, it's been, it's been more of a shared experience. So... I know I'm never going to be able to protect him from all the evil, horrible things in the world. Right. But I'm not going to throw them in his face either. So we take him to see movies that may be just a tad bit too old for him, but we talk about them. 
Mm-hmm. I'd rather him see what's there at an age that's appropriate that yeah. we think he can handle, that we can actually talk about it, rather than what what how I was raised and how many kids were raised by shaming them and saying, this yeah. is a dirty, evil subject. You should not talk about this. You know? So then what do you do when you actually get confronted by it in yeah. the real world? Yeah. So I'd rather him not feel like he has to hide questions from me about those kind of things or we experience them together as much as we can so he knows hey you know it's here if you have a question about it or whatever that's fine you don't have to be like uh dad that kind of stuff yeah yeah and and i'm learning even just to have and i've I've learned to have small conversations just kind of setting that foundation and then they always lead to something a little bit more you know, yeah. later on down the road when he, he has a question and all of a sudden we can just, I'm like, you know, we've already talked about this, this, and this, this is another component of that. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, sometimes I wish that I would have been talked to like that. Yeah. You know, but maybe, but, maybe more you know, honesty. Maybe that's yeah. not even honesty. I don't know. Just, just being more open. Yeah. When you compartmentalize evil or not evil, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. When you compartmentalize what is thought of as sacred and holy from Mm -hmm. the world, and you put such a hard dividing line between the two that you think of the world as evil in all of its aspects, yeah, our previous generations, and in my case, two previous generations, they're they're very far, few and far between. I have people one of the one of the people at the store I manage. The first night I worked with her, uh, she's like. You're a Christian? I'm like, yeah. You're the first Christian I've met that's not an asshole. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Sorry, should I should I have not said that word? Am I okay? You're fine. You're okay, fine. Good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and she's like, well, what do you think about spirits? I'm like, um, uh, okay. What do you think about angels and demons? Do you think they exist? And she just peltered me with all these right, questions. Right and I'm like, I'm like, if well, I could introduce you to this book called The Present Darkness. <laughs> yep. That's an okay Christian one. It's, you know, I haven't read that in so long. I kind of want to go back and reread it now that I'm familiar with people like Stephen King. And, mm-hmm. You kind of um, wonder, right? And I wonder, how does he hold up now? Mm-hmm. When I go back and watch. There was one Christian book I remember, complete side tangent, that gave me nightmares. It was a series yeah. by a guy named John Bybee. It was called the Spirit Flyer series. No. That sounds bad. It was. It sounds bad. It was bad. But it's like, you ever played the game Silent Hill? No, but you have. <laughs> I know. I always find a way to bring that series up. Silent but Hill 2. Silent Hill 2. Yes, I know. But I was just going for the first one. But it, okay, in Silent Hill, there's like the world you were in, and then there's this other dark, metallic, industrial, covered in blood type word world. Yeah. Spirit Flyer was similar. There was our world, and then there was a deep, dark, evil world where the kids really? had to fly in their spirit flyer bicycles and fight against whatever. Yes. And bicycles. So it's kind of like E.T. E.T. meets Silent Hill in a Christian theme. That's Ew. Th- there we go. <laughs> Ew. That sounds intense. It was intense. There were there were seven books in the series, and I only know this because I looked them up the, about a month ago to see if they had ebook versions of them, and I couldn't find them. So I was like, "That's oh. okay." I was gonna say you need to go back and reread those now. If I can ever find cheap copies, because I am not spending a lot of money on them, uh, I mm-hmm. will. I will. Spirit Just Flyer Spirit Flyer series. 
So if anyone listening has books one through seven and would like to sell them to me for a cheap price, I am listening. Please uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Alpha Bovine. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I I read a lot of Christian books. Um, There was one about, it was like virtual reality. And the guy had a headset. It was like a full on gaming room down in his basement. I don't even remember the author now. Those were really good though. They'd have like VR battles, but it wasn't cheesy. It was good. See, I, I make it sound cheesy. VR, it was awesome, but it it really was. Those were good books. I don't remember what those were. There's your uh, there's your there's your project. Figure. I'm out gonna have to find out what that was. It's okay. <laughs> so we've talked about being married. We've talked about having a kid. We've talked about growing up. I don't know. So I guess where I was going, I just wondered the impact of growing up where everything was no. You know, and then all of a sudden, like you said, you, you know, all of a sudden everything's yes. And sometimes I think that transition has been really hard, but it's also been interesting to see kind of how we've course corrected in, you know, in that process. It was definitely a very much a no growing up for me, very mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. And I definitely had the, the late high school, early college rebellion of, yes, I must do everything I was told not to. Yep. And I think that was probably, I mean, I mean, I wasn't a huge rebellion rebel in the kind that you could stand up in front of the the church and give this powerful testimony how I came back from drugs and alcoholism and and all these horrible things. No, it was just stupid teenage rebellion stuff, uh, bad relationships, a uh, little bit of sexual immorality thrown in for, to, to flavor the story here and there, but nothing mm-hmm. horrible. But at the same time, it was everything that I was told no to growing up. Yeah, yeah. And after I got through the rebellious phase and I got out of my 20s, and I, and I realized I had a kid, I'm like, everything that I do for the first 10 years of his life is going to shape the man he is in many, many ways. And no I pressure. look back, oh yeah, no. And I mean, even now I realize, you know, he's 12 years old in six years, maybe less, maybe more, who knows? Who knows? He, he's going to be gone. He'll be out of the house. Yeah. He'll become his own man. He'll figure out who he is independent of me and his mother, which is what we all do when we grow up. And mm-hmm. I'm, I realize I'm well past the halfway point and that's scary. And I, and you wonder, did I do everything right? And you know, I'm sure my own parents did the same thing. I'm sure at some point they looked back and said, did we do all right by him? And I'd like to think I have, mm-hmm. there are definitely things I know I should have done better. Um, but when it comes to gaming and when it comes to being able to be honest with him and not present a falsehood, I think I've done okay. I'd like to think I have. I try to just give him a hug and kiss him on the head every every day at least once, and I tell him I love you and I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Because if that's one thing that I know I need more than anything is just someone to tell me that they love me and that they're proud of me. And my mom, when I call her, my birth mother, when I call her every day, every time I call her, she tells me that. And even at 36 years old, I still get like, aww. So I, I try to do the same for him. And if that, and if that's shared through letting him, it's, and even now I try to let him, you know, beat me up in Smash Brothers. I, yep. I still, I still try to let him, uh, just experience gaming with me as, as much and as often as I can. And that's a big thing. It is. Okay. So Jonathan, where can people find you online? Oh boy. That's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Are you everywhere? I, I do a lot of things. Uh, the three things that you can find me probably the best. Um, I write and edit and host podcasts and articles 
put the adjective where it needs to go for a, a site called Christ and Pop Culture. Okay. Uh, I just actually had a piece uh, up about how Christians should play games that are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they have a whole podcast network. I host one of them. It's called The 25, where okay. we count down the best of pop culture from a Christian perspective. We try to find what reflects the good, the true, and the beautiful every week. It's, it's kind of a cool survivor-type show. We I have three different no, uh, guests on every week, or every other mm-hmm. week. And mm-hmm. each of them bring a nomination, something they think deserves to be on the list. And they pitch it, and then the three of them have to debate it between each other, and only one nominee makes it onto the list at the end of the show. Nice. And then there's other shows, Seen and Believing, which does film and video. Uh, we just did an interview with uh, Academy Award winner Oliver Stone a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then we have other shows on the network, and then I also am heavily involved with a ministry called Game Church, Game where Church. I... I game church. I produce and uh, edit their podcast, which is the Arcade, and uh-huh. the Game Church podcast official. And then I also write for them on a very rare occasion. Also involved with other podcasts, uh, Christianity Today's The Calling and uh, the Justice Conference out of Chicago. I do their official podcast as well. And I so are you on the Twitter? I am on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at. Alpha Bovine, A-L-P-H-A-B-O-V-I-N-E. Yeah, be sure to follow Jonathan on there. And you can also find Jonathan at Game Church City on Facebook. It's a group he manages, and so if you want to go bug him. Yes, I I am the lead moderator there. We're about 4,000 strong. Uh, just asked to join the city. Our, our community manager, uh, Jamila, will stalk your profile for a day or two. Make sure you're not a robot. And uh, then we'll add you, and then you are welcome to post. It's a really cool place. It's it's just a place where gamers uh, of all beliefs, all ages, all descriptions can, can just come, hang out, talk about games. We don't get into the christian stuff. It's just a hangout place. Um, and that's what we are, and that's what we try to do. And sometimes you need that, you know? Yeah. In fact, if you post christian stuff, yeah, don't, don't, just don't do that. We don't yeah, do, do that for Jonathan. He likes that. Yeah. Yeah, there's Makes there's other day. groups there's other groups out there that that are good for that. We're not one of them. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You can't be everything. Um, Jonathan, I want to thank you for your time tonight. My time is your time, Mister Hall. I'm always in it for the long haul for you. Thank you for sticking around for the long haul. Big thanks to Broken Jars Broadcasting for hosting this podcast. BrokenJars.xyz is home of the Dresden Files podcast, where you can embrace your inner Harry Dresden and more. Be sure to check out the other podcasts hosted on the network. See you soon.